0: Hello and welcome to the Mayfield Road Podcast, a ministry of Mayfield Road Baptist Church. Our goal with this podcast is to serve the mission of our church. Our mission is to reach spiritual explorers, build Christ followers, and empower difference makers. This podcast is a tool and resource for you. Listen intently as we learn from the word of God each if you want to connect with our church, check out our website, www.mayfieldroad.org. Enjoy. Well when I was in college, uh, all of us were required to take a, a PE course. And so I looked through everything offered. And I finally settled on what I thought was the best one, whitewater kayaking. <laughs> this was easily the best decision of my college career because this was a ball. Now, this is not actually the kind of uh, kayak we would use, but it works well enough for, for today. Um, But this was awesome. Whitewater kayaking was a ball because for a solid month, every afternoon, we'd go out on the water and paddle and learn skills. And we learned how to flip, you know, where you roll over upside down in the rapids and then flip yourself back up and keep going. Um, We'd learn how to navigate the whole thing. We learned how to just make our way. It was so much fun every day for a month. Our final for this class, okay? our final was a full day trip downriver, shooting rapids, surfing hydraulics, and just making our way. It was really, to me, what school should be about. Um, but it wasn't all fun and games because there was a very important skill that we had to learn for this thing and it was a a really big deal. We had to learn how to read the river. Now what that means is We had to learn how to recognize the current and the flow of the river to be able to look downstream and identify any potential hazards, any potential strainers or things that you could get pinned up against or or knocked into. And we had to be able to look at any rapid and identify what's the best and safest course to approach that rapid to make it down and continue on our way. Some parts of it came kind of easy. A lot of it took a little bit of practice, a little bit of kind of working through it. But at the heart of it, knowing how to read a river really comes down to one very simple guiding principle. Work with the current. Don't fight it. That's really, at the heart of it, what you want to do. Because the river has this flow, it has this way that it wants to go, and if you cooperate with that, if you will go along and kind of use the flow of the river, the momentum of the river to your advantage, it'll work out. You'll have a great time. You get to go and have a ball. If you go and you try to fight against the current, fight against the flow of the river, if you try to outmuscle it, you know, conquer it by your willpower, it's going to overpower you and you will pay a price. You may find yourself slammed into the rocks or in some other kind of trouble, but you want to read the river. You want to work with the current and not fight against it. It's going to go better for you if you do that. Well, this morning we're starting a new series on wisdom, because if there's anything all of us need for whatever it is we face in life, we need wisdom. But what is wisdom exactly? It's a word we throw around, but what is it? And how do you get it? And who's it for? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to be taking a look at over the next several weeks. And what I want us to to kind of bear in mind as we start this new series is this idea of reading a river. That's really a pretty good picture of wisdom and how it works. You see, wisdom is not just about information. It's not just about packing our heads full of of facts so we can win at trivia night. Wisdom, it's designed to help us navigate life. It's designed to help us find our way through all the different challenges and struggles and things that we face in life. And here's the thing, sometimes that's every bit as dangerous and unpredictable as a raging river, isn't it? And so we need wisdom to help us know how to navigate life. And so that's what we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks. And that's why God put the book of Proverbs in the Bible. To be a resource, a handbook on wisdom for us. And so we're going to be looking at that the next few weeks. So let me ask you to go ahead today and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And boys and girls, if you're following in your One Big Story Bible, that's going to be on page 618. 618. So as we turn here, the book of Proverbs is a collection of wisdom, writings, and sayings by King Solomon and a few others, and it was preserved and passed down for generations by God's people so that they would know how to live well. That's the point of wisdom, so that you know how to live well. And it was important to God that his people live in a meaningful and fruitful way, a good way. God cares How our life goes. He wants it to be a good and fruitful life. And so God preserved this collection for his people for that purpose, to guide us into that. And the first seven verses of Proverbs sets up the whole rest of the book. This is an introduction for us. And so let's dive in and get the introduction, starting in verse 1. It says, "...the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel." for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. So, boiling all that down, condensing it. uh, Proverbs is written to help you live wisely. That's the point of it all. This is all to help us know how to live wisely. And it's for people who are just starting out, the simple and the young, people who are just beginning to put nuggets of wisdom in their bucket, and it's also for people who've pursued wisdom for a long, long time. People who've followed after and started, you know, who've been gleaning wisdom for decades. The book of Proverbs is for all of us, wherever you are. You never outgrow it. And there's always more to be gleaned from it. And so if we're going to talk about wisdom, let's get a sense right at the beginning in verse 7. What it, where does wisdom start? Where does it come from? And this is what it says. "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." Now, when it says knowledge here in verse 7, it isn't talking about knowing facts. It's talking about knowing wisdom. Knowing wisdom or gaining wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. This is an idea that's repeated throughout not just Proverbs, but even into the Psalms and some of the other passages of Scripture. So Proverbs nine ten says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is foundational for wisdom. It starts with fear of the Lord. Now, when we say fear, a lot of times what we mean is we we mean fear like dread, like I fear or dread heights. Or your dog might fear or dread thunderstorms. That's not what it's talking about here. This is fear like uh, in a good way, a healthy respect. What Bible scholar uh, Derek Kidner says is a worshiping submission to God. This is warm reverence for who God is. So I love God, I honor God, but I also respect God. There's a recognition that when I think about God, He's the creator and I'm the created. We're not, we're not equals here in this deal. And so I'm I love Him, I've experienced His love and kindness, but I'm not gonna go to God and put my feet up on His coffee table. I'm I'm going to be respectful even as I experience His love and warmth and His personal way of relating. And so there's always going to be a warmth, but a reverent warmth in how I approach God. And so part of that starts by understanding that he is our creator. He's the one who made us. So he's the source of all wisdom, and he's actually displayed wisdom in the way that he's made our world. He created our world and everything in it, and he had to design for how it should go. And so the scriptures tell us that you can see God's creative brilliance woven into his very creation. Proverbs 3.19 says, By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. So God is the source of wisdom. And as we look around at our creation, what we do is we just get a glimpse of how wise and brilliant he really is. His, his wisdom is found or is expressed in his creation. And so we can look around and if you would just think about it this way. If you think about our world and how it's made, you get a sense that our God is incredibly wise in ways that we don't even take into account. Ways that we take for granted. I mean, if you look at how complex ecosystems work together to support life. You understand, our our God, He's a good designer. Or if you think about how all the different parts of the human eye come together so that we can see, and we can see in color, and we can see with depth. I mean, that's incredible, incredible design there. Or if you think about the engineering marvel that is human DNA. God is a good designer. He knows what He's doing in putting together the world. And so when we think about this, our God, his wisdom is on display in every single inch of creation. And in fact, when we look around at our world and we see something that doesn't quite work right, what we need to remember is that can usually be traced to where we messed up God's design, right? Adam and Eve, at the very beginning, God says, this is my world. You're to be managers, stewards of it. They disobeyed God, and when they did, they opened the door for chaos to come in and to corrupt God's good world. And so we can see how sometimes our our own choices, our own way of dealing, have corrupted God's world. And yet, even through that, we still look and see the wisdom, the brilliance of God's design. Here's what all this means for wisdom. God has created a design to his world. He's the creator. He's the one who set it all up and made it, and he had a plan for it. And he also had a plan and a design for how we're to live in it, how we're to live within the flow of his creation. In other words, he set things up where there's a role for us to play and a way we're to live. And so if we want to think about this, going back to what we learned about guiding a river or reading a river, The guiding principle is work with the current, don't fight it, right? Wisdom is working with the current of God's creation and not fighting against it. If we want to say it in a simpler way, here's our definition for wisdom we're going to go to for the next several weeks. Wisdom is doing life God's way. That's it. It's that simple. There's a way that God set our world to work. And we want to work with that. We want to flow through that. That's what wisdom is. It's going with the way that God has set up things to go. It's following God's pattern for our lives. And when we do that, when we follow wisdom, it's going to lead to goodness. God's designed the world to work that way. God's designed the world, when we follow his wisdom, it will generally lead to fruitfulness because that's working with the flow of things. Foolishness... Is fighting against the current. Fighting against the way God set things to work. And if you do that long enough, you're going to find yourself in trouble. You're going to find yourself pinned up or slammed into the rocks in one way or another. That's just the way the world works. And as you go and you look through Scripture, you see this pattern carried out over and over and over again. Wisdom is doing things God's way. Foolishness is resisting God's way. And whether you choose to, li- to follow it or not, Wisdom will affect your life. The pattern you see in Scripture over and over again is you know, there's a way that leads to life and a way that leads to death. A way of righteousness and a way of wickedness. A way that brings blessings and a way that brings curses. This is all the language of wisdom. This idea that there's a good way to go and a bad way to go. It means there's a way that works with the current of God's creation, a way that's consistent with how he set the world to work, and there's a way that runs against it. And if you boil everything down, as complex as our life can get, if you boil it down and think in that way, that's what it means to live with wisdom. Even Jesus underscored this in Matthew 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, look, anybody who puts my words into practice, he's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What happens when the storms of life comes? It bashes against him, it rages against him, but in the end, the wise person is still standing because they've built their life on Jesus. They have worked with the current of God's creation. Following Jesus is the ultimate example of following the current of God's creation. But the foolish person, Jesus said, built his house on the sand. He goes against the current. He fights against it. And so when the storms come, boom, the whole house of cards gets washed away. And so for us, as followers of Jesus, we want to live lives of wisdom. We want to do things God's way. And this is why it's so important for us to spend time soaking in God's wisdom. Because we live in a world of utter confusion, don't we? We live in a world with a thousand voices telling us which way to go. Shouting in our ears, telling us this is the way that's going to be good. This is how you have to, you know, this is how you find yourself. This is how you find success. This is what it means to really to do life well. And the more and more we go, and the louder and louder the voices get, the more and more we realize this, like, uh, choose-your-own-adventure approach to life, it doesn't work well. It doesn't lead to goodness, to fruitfulness. It doesn't lead to flourishing. And the more and more we go, the more and more confusing it becomes. But God offers a better way. You know, the Bible tells about a time where Jesus is out and he looks out and he sees the crowd. And as he looks at their faces, this is what it says. Jesus looked at the crowd and he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There is no better picture of people in our world than that. People that are harassed and helpless, who are told, go this way, go that way, find yourself, explore things, figure out your own truth. And it doesn't work. Over and over again, it leads to being bashed against the rocks one way or another. It leads to just a world of confusion. And that's the world we live in. But as followers of Jesus, we don't have to live that way. We shouldn't live that way. Because we have a shepherd to follow. We have a direction that orients our lives. It gives us an idea of how to live wisely. And so that's what we do. We follow Jesus. Because he doesn't just call us to follow him. He empowers us to follow him. He doesn't just say, Follow my way because it leads to wisdom. He says, if you follow me, I will give you my spirit to guide you into all truth. I will give you my spirit to guide your steps and to lead you in the way that you should go. Wisdom is the way of following Jesus. And Jesus invites us into that. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to spend time soaking in Proverbs like you marinate a good steak. We want it to get into us. We want it to soak in and to flavor who we are as people. And we're going to get painstakingly practical about it. Painstakingly practical about it. We're going to talk about how to do life. How to be wise in our relationships. How to be wise in our work and wise with our resources. How to be wise with our words. We're going to talk about how to learn from wise people... And how to make wise decisions. We're going to learn how to think wisely. We're going to dig in and let God's wisdom soak into us. And here's the thing that is important for us to remember. Wisdom is doing life God's way. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. Whether you're just starting out. Or you've been following God's way for decades and decades. God's wisdom is accessible and available to us all. This isn't something just for the elite few. God's wisdom is something that He invites us all to participate in. He invites us all to share. Remember the words of James 1.5. He writes there, If any of you lacks wisdom... He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. This is one of those promises you can take to the bank. You don't have to wonder, does God want me to be wise? Does God offer that to me? It is absolutely clear. God offers us wisdom and invites us just to say, yes, I'll take it. And so as we get ready the next few weeks to begin to learn how to follow life God's way, I want us to start this morning just by taking God up on his offer, by by praying, by inviting him and asking him to give us wisdom, to show us how to be wise people so we can live a life that's honoring to Jesus and that's a picture of his goodness at work that others around us can see. Are you up for this? Boy, that was (laughs) half-hearted. Are you up for this? Okay, let's pray. Father, we recognize that you have given access to your wisdom. You have made it so that we can know which way to go. So we can know how to do life your way. Your wisdom isn't something you hide as a, as a mean practical joke. Instead, you offer and say, if anyone would, would want wisdom, if anyone wants to know how to do life my way, just ask. Well, together as your church, your people, God, we're asking. We're asking that you would give us wisdom so we would know how to live in your way, in our daily life. So we would know how to live in a way that honors you and that blesses others. God, as we go out from here, I pray that you would help us already begin to soak in your wisdom and begin to live by it. Shape us as wise men and women, wise boys and girls a wise church family so that through us your kindness and goodness is shown as a testimony to our neighbors. We love you. We thank you for your kindness in this and we thank you that you will be our guide. So guide our steps. We pray these things